Welcome to Do It With Dan, entrepreneurial philanthropist, public speaker and author, creator of the Beyond Intention Paradigm. Here is your host, Daniel Mengena. Hello and welcome to another episode of Do It With Dan. I am your host, Daniel Mangena. I'm here with my illustrious and divine co-creator for this experience on abundant relationships, Laura Martin-Taylor. Hello, Laura. Hey, Dan, how are you doing? I'm being really, really good. And do you know what? I've actually, um, I've actually, I had a, our little pre-green room discussion here in the in the Facebook group actually has given me an idea for a new question. Oh, well, that's good. That means I'm more than ready. Yeah, it, it wasn't on our list. Um, and I'm actually really excited to talk about this because it's something that um, Olga and I were talking about recently. Um, because I, I've seen a couple of times, I've literally watched this sort of happen around her and I've told her about it and she didn't, she didn't really believe me. So I actually gave her some homework and she's found it fascinating. So I'm going to give everyone a little background that doesn't know that much about me. I have Asperger's. So I am a little challenged when it comes to social interactions. But what's always been really powerful for me is having structure and framework my beyond intention model is an expression of that and the way that i do my work and the way that i teach is all an expression of the fact that framework and structure i found to be really really effective when it came to understanding how to deal with people laura i did so by studying and delving in and immersing myself in the world of the pickup artist (laughs) yeah that's right i immersed myself in that crazy world so that I could learn how to talk to humans, starting with ladies, and then over the years, I then learned to apply it to how to talk to men. So I didn't do it so that I could have copious amounts of unbridled boot knocking. I did it just so that I could have a framework for how to deal with humans and how to understand the humanness of humans and that world I found to be very effective. However, the question becomes, is it right to have a playbook that gives you an advantage when going into relationship with people of any kind? Mm. Is that the, that's the question, huh? That's the question. Well, it's very interesting. Very interesting. I did not know this about you, Dan. I knew that you'd studied people, but I did not know that you had studied the playbook of how to um, pick up people. Which is, and, and what's interesting to me is that um, my partner, my sweetie, actually did the same thing um, uh, a while back mm-hmm. and talked about what he learned mm-hmm. and how he literally, for this short period of time, knew how to get stunning, amazing, beautiful people to sort of wrap them around his little finger and, um, yeah, and have the ability to take a person who might have felt moments before very secure and in control of the situation and how with his tools that he had, he could flip it. Now, my, my sweetie, Scott is a really good man. And what he told me was that was something he studied because at the time he was going through some difficult times and he was curious about it. And he played with it for about six months. And he said he found it very unfulfilling because it wasn't, he wasn't being authentic. Yeah. that he was playing a game and he saw how easy the game was to play. Mm-hmm. So I think in the realm of 
you know, if you're looking at that and, 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 you know, interestingly in our talk, when he spoke about what he did and how he learned to speak to women, I remembered a couple guys that I had dated who I remember feeling like they had control in a way that I wasn't comfortable with. And I very quickly ended the relationship. And when he shared this with me, I was like, wow, that's what they were doing. And now I understand it, but I was afraid enough, thank goodness, to just not have gotten, gone very far with them at all. Maybe a couple dates, no intimacy and stepped right out of it. Mm -hmm. Um, But I learned what they were doing. So in, in terms of manipulating people in relationship, no, I don't believe that taking power over another human being by consciously manipulating them is ever the correct thing to do. And many people in this day and age would call that, um, some of that would be considered gaslighting. And that is a um, tool that is used by sociopaths and narcissists to make you doubt your value, your way of thinking, and your position with yourself in the world. So in that way, I am strongly against that. I found it entertaining to hear about his experience and relieved to find that very quickly he discovered that wasn't the way that he wanted to live. Mm-hmm. And, you know, in, in what, from what I know of that, in the ways that I've studied it, it there's nothing good about it, except that a person will feel in control. Um, And some people can learn from it. As you said, and he shared with me also other things that he learned, things he learned to observe Mm -hmm. and and maybe some non-manipulative tools or ways of being with himself that he learned. But yeah, that, that approach... I, I, I know that there are people that make really good money selling that strategy. <laughs> and, and, and you know what? Good, good for them, I guess. Yeah. But it's, it's certainly not the realm of juicy, satisfying, healthy relationship that I would ever want to partake of or in. Do you know who it is he learned? Because there's a couple of schools of thought around this. There's one guy that I, I did, I like listened to one of his audios. I'm like, this is hacking someone's brain and exactly on them and then there are others that have been what they basically just taught you to have like a level of confidence in your communication with people by just giving it some structure and there were some people that were like you know teaching you to have fulfilling relationship by knowing enough about yourself and how to understand the dynamics between a male and a female to build sexual tension for example and then allow there to be a safe space for you to show who you are without you being judged, maybe because she's got preconceived notions and ideas. There are different people. And I kind of went right across the board. Then I ended up delving more into the transactional analysis, which is why I recognize the parent adult child that you talk about. And right. work with, um, with game theory. And that helped me because before then I had severe social anxiety, as in I would have regular bouts of insomnia. I couldn't hold any social situation without having panic attacks. It was really, really bad for me. So the structure helped. Yes. I I think that like any tool, Mm -hmm. um, it can be used in a positive way, a life enhancing way, or as a a tool of manipulation. So I, yeah, I I think the one that he was talking about, I don't remember who the person's name was, because quite frankly, I don't want to remember. Um, (laughs) And I don't want to give them any, any, any notoriety. Right. Um, But, but I, but I, but it is, it's, 
Yeah. So I think the, the approach that you took, Dan, obviously was helpful for you. It taught mm-hmm. you about people and relationships and, and probably, you know, pointed out some things that to someone who isn't struggling with Asperger's, it might be more obvious. Yeah. You know, um, I, but I, with that said, though, I, th- I think that we are taught in my experience of working with thousands of people, reading lots and exploring this realm of relationship for many, many, many years, I feel like we don't learn nearly enough in our upbringing to give us tools that will allow us to lean into potentially and grow toward healthy relationships. Most of us by default repeat a lot of what we saw. And I think that I I love the idea that there are people out there teaching things. I just think we have so much to learn. I think when we all of a sudden are thrust into this stage of, you know, um, intimacy versus isolation, and we don't know what the hell we're doing. um, I think often it costs us a lot of time and maybe a lot of well-being before we get to a place that we get a little bit of traction on who we are, what we want, and what we deserve. I think that's that's a big piece. Um, and and if those genre were helping you, if that was helpful for knowing that you deserve a good, loving relationship, then more power to it. I agree. It was just interesting that I mean, I my books on this have been put away for for a very long time. But um, what I'd actually noticed is that guys kept using this on Olga and she wasn't realizing that, yes. she was, that it was happening. And then she was getting herself into funny situations and not realizing that they'd basically been brain fan doodling her. And I remember yes. we'd gone somewhere, this is really, really long, when we'd just started dating. And um, she was sitting next to this guy and I could see him running game on her. And she's like, uh, you know, what are you talking about? I would never be attracted to him. I was like, dude, if only you knew. I was literally watching him neg. I was watching him and her returning her body language. I was watching the whole thing play out. And she had no idea what was going on. So I actually managed to dig up an old book and give it to her to read. And she's been, she's like, oh my God, I can see guys have done this and guys have done that. So we actually watched the, um, the film Hitch with Will Smith, where he does. Use, it, use the powers for good in that movie. And as actually in the movie get um, accused of using it for darkness, well, no, he was using it for good and helping guys just, you know, find some framework to, to, to connect with true love. And it just, as we we're speaking today, I was like, well, you know, where do we draw the line? Where yeah. do we draw the line on when it's a tool of manipulation and a tool that facilitates you creating opportunity to connect with someone that you want to have an authentic relationship with. Yes. And you know, the, for me, when I distill out my thoughts around that, like I keep taking it deeper inside and deeper and deeper where it goes to, for me is when you're coming from your own, and this is my thing, vulnerable authenticity, that's different. So you're not trying to get an outcome. You're being yourself. You're taking the risk of being yourself. You're testing the water. And then if the other person responds, if there's a movement from them in a little bit more vulnerability, and I mean, I don't mean you lay it all out there at first, but Mm. you test the water with a little of your authentic heart and soul Mm. and see how it's received. And if what you get from it is crap that's on the surface, then Mm -hmm. you back off Mm -hmm. um that's sort of how i think about it being a helpful 
tool in all situations, not just not just in relationships with a potential you know other partner, but in all sorts of <laughs> in all sorts of places. And actually, that's how I live. My kids always tease me, and my adult daughter's like, "Oh, did you make a new friend today in the grocery store line?" <laughs> well, as a matter of fact, I did, and they joined my Vulnerable Living Facebook group right there in line. <laughs> you know, <laughs> they, they tease me, but but that's how I I've learned to live because I want to genuinely connect with other people who also want to genuinely connect. And I do keep in mind that we are all connected. I, I truly, I know that in the essence of my beingness. So I offer that. And if people look at me funny, if they think I'm strange or if they, you know, don't go there and deepen the interaction a little bit themselves, I just send them the best and go on my merry way. The same with dating. I learned to do the same. Um, when I was single. Did so, that answer your question? Yeah, so what we're really talking about is what the, 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 the real, find the, the line gets drawn away the, what the intention is. Yes, yes. Is the intention to truly connect with another human being for the sake of connection mm -hmm. and for the sake of perhaps offering something to the other person because mm -hmm. that's where I come from when I'm in my best place um, or is it trying to connect to get laid or to have a cute date on your arm and potentially to have some other some other motives that you're looking for that you want to get not what you want to give to me that's a very important part of it well, I, for me personally, um, I, I never used it for random laying. Um, <laughs> I've got a really weird thing about just rubbing naked body parts with strangers, but it's just not really my thing. It's like <laughs> <laughs> rubbing body parts with strangers just doesn't excite me. Uh, yeah. I don't know where you've been in short. And if you're a stranger, that's highly unlikely. Uh, but it was it was powerful for me to just have human connection because up until then, without that framework, I was incapable of maintaining healthy human relationships with strangers. The only people that were in my life were the people that kind of had to put up with me because they were family or basically felt sorry enough for me, <laughs> enough for me to give me the space to, to get to know me with my weird quirkiness because I really was that awkward. No, Laura, it was really bad. My sister, one day you'll meet my sister Lou and she will share some of the stories of me pre, 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 pre like really, really awful. And sometimes I go back to that place and I laugh at myself. But um, it was, it, 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 it is the intention we're saying basically around what we want to do. And are we creating a space to be seen or creating a space where people see what we want them to see? Right, exactly. Mm. Um, when we start talking about relationships and structuring relationships, are there any other types of, I mean, you mentioned briefly about connecting with people on Facebook and making new friends and so on. Are there any other types of relationship that you think that how we relate romantically has a direct relationship? Oh, my goodness. You know that I do, Dan. <laughs> That's a great question. I love that one. It's so juicy. Absolutely. You know, a, a people, this is one of the things that I wish I could teach 
children in elementary school, middle school, and high school. I wish we had a class on relationships and becoming your best self. Maybe even it might be titled Unbecoming Who You Thought You Were and Becoming Who You Really Are. Um, but, oh, that might be a good title. I probably better write that down. <laughs> um, but the, what people aren't aware of is by default, that means without um, doing any work, without being conscious, without doing a lot of slowing down and observing yourself and noticing how patterns are playing out inside of you, we will, as people, as human beings, follow the patterns that we were imprinted by. Mm-hmm. Not only will we follow the external patterns of our parents, our caregivers, people that were around us and, and really affected us often before we even had words to know or to understand and to put in a context of a historical context, we just sort of feel like this is normal. Mm-hmm. Um, not only are we affected by that externally in the relationships we create, but also internally we are recreating the same patterns that we gave credence to and meaning to with our earliest caregivers. Mm-hmm. And it that is, oh, I learned so much of this in Family Constellation, my trainings that I did there for about 12 years, mm-hmm. and my work with clients. Oh, my lordy. People will say, I don't want to be anything like my parents. I don't want to be anything like my whoever. And when, you know, <laughs> that though, that wish does not help you. <laughs> that mm-hmm. wish alone does not give you traction in it to avoid some of the painful patterns that you experienced. I definitely see that often people are repeating them, as did I. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't see it until... I knew my internal world and saw the internal dynamics that were playing out inside of me. There was no possibility for anything other than default on the outside of me. Did that make sense? Yeah, because the, the outer world is reflecting our inner world, right? And what's going on. And people don't, I mean, that's, that pisses people off sometimes. And, and if this is pissing you off right now, then I invite you to take a breath and go and, and just sit with it and see, ask yourself, why might I be pissed off? You know, this is happening in my life and it's not my fault. And that's yeah. happened And this pattern repeats. Well, let me just say, here's, here's a, a, you know, maybe a painful dose of reality. If something, if there is a pattern that's repeated more than once in your life, you are the common factor. Common denominator theory, baby. And it, yes, that that's right. And, and that may be scary as hell on one hand, but on the other hand, that means you have 100% responsibility and power to shift it. But it's an inside job, baby. That's all I got to say. So what we Oh, come on. Well, I was just going to say, I've had peers, friends, lots of people argue this with me, and you can argue till the cows come home. I am not going to change my mind because this is how I help people change. When they really embrace this mm-hmm. with all of it, embracing the good, the bad, and the ugly that you're, that you're producing on the outside from the inside, it's so exciting. Mm. But you know what was coming up for me as a reason why people are maybe going to push back on any of this? Even people who have thought about going down the route of learning different skills and tactics, it's... And I've even thought about this with myself, although I've not, I had asked, you know, I've got Asperger's, it's, it's a bit of a different narrative, but 
are we running to use a tool because we're not ready to be vulnerably seen for who we are? Mm. And to run the risk of maybe having a few full starts whilst we filter out those who aren't aligned with who we authentically and vulnerably are. Yeah. I think, yeah, there's a lot, there's a lot that we could discuss around that. I, I, I think that, yes, a tool versus vulnerability, um, there's no comparison. And yet having some tools is a way to explore yourself and relationship and can be used in a healthy fashion or in a very manipulative fashion for certain. I mean, again, are we using the tools that we can be seen or so that someone can see what we want them to see, right? (laughs) Right, right, right. And that's the vulnerability piece, which is why I'm all about vulnerability because it starts with you. It starts with each of us as individuals. It starts with me. Am I willing to look and be with everything inside of me? Am I willing to sit with all that is in my body, in my feeling places? Am I willing to be with it with myself first? Because if I can't be with it, how the hell am I gonna share it with you? Mm -hmm. So true. Or- We have to be ready to face that and then show up fully and then run the potential risk of that not being accepted. Right. And the the beautiful thing about this work is that if you are connected to yourself, the internal adult, the internal parent and the internal child, there's a a way like a recipe that works to keep you connected to yourself no matter what anyone's doing on the outside. I mean, when I was practicing this, I remember I would say to my little girl, you know what, it's not your job to date men the parent would say this. And I know you might be afraid that they might leave you. And do you know what? They might, they might leave you. And if they leave you, it's because it's not the right fit and I will never leave you again. Uh And really feeling that inside and knowing that allowed me to be even more vulnerable on the outside because if I am me and I'm being me and you don't like me, for me, the me on the inside who really wants to be loved and accepted, that little child, she knows she just leans into the parent. Okay, well, that didn't work. And the mm-hmm. parent says, oh, look it, you're so sweet and beautiful. It's okay. Mm-hmm. I love you. I'm here for you. You know what? Feel whatever you need to feel, but I'm not leaving. Mm-hmm. So creating space a space of safety within which to practice vulnerability yes and and i don't mean i don't you know there are also let let me let me say something else there are also i remember a time when i would just blah like i'd almost vomit my guttural feelings my traumas my whatever on people Mm -hmm. um and they might really appreciate that. Actually, I was quite manipulated a couple times into people, you know, acting like they wanted to take care of me on the outside. And I got manipulated into some really toxic uh, relationships that way. I'm not talking about just putting it out there and like not containing it and not being present with yourself in order to capture someone, which, right, or or to have my internal baby self, vulnerable self needs met. I'm Mm -hmm. talking about sharing because sharing feels, being authentic is my goal. And, um, And the attachment to anything on the outside 
there's none. The attachment is to me on the inside, always, first mm. and foremost. And whatever happens on the outside is kind of a fun experiment. That's how I look at it. Hmm. So it's almost facing down the, the, the risk of an adventurous life experience and being okay with the discomfort that potentially is on the other side of that and knowing that you, you're going to be okay. Yes, and that comes from knowing inside that you stay connected to you, you won't abandon yourself for someone else, or you won't give your little vulnerable child to someone else to take care of, that as an emotional adult, and I mean an adult acting an emotional person acting as an adult, a person with emotions, being 100% responsible for your well-being, for your mm -hmm. happiness, for your safety. Mm. Not asking anyone else to be responsible for that. That's and that's what... It's taking, accepting the, the, the possibility and the responsibility of taking on that inside job. And especially when you're in an intimate relationship. Now, you have to do that. It's very helpful to do that out dating. But, you know, you can break up with people. You cannot, you know, whatever. And you can go through your cycles. I call it rinse, recycle, repeat without even being conscious of it. And you just replace a person and do the thing again and then get another. But when you're in a chosen, intimate, close relationship, that's when you're most likely to say you we unconsciously because of all the bullshit we've learned from the Disney movies to, uh, I mean, all the romantic novels, you know, basically our little inner child thinks when she's not maintained and monitored and loved by the parent goes, oh, this is going to be my person. I'm going to feel loved forever. They're going to meet me perfectly. They're going to do exactly what I need and I'm going to be happy forever. We're going to go off into the sunset together. Yeah. Right. That's what the little kid thinks inside that vulnerable, very, very sweet, little needy, vulnerable part mm -hmm. instead. And that that gets and that's why people will say, well, gosh, I've had men and women say, gosh, once I married him or her, everything changed. Right. Oh, <laughs> mm. absolutely. Because that's that is going to happen with all of us because unconscious patterns are going to be show, are going to show up in our relationship. And it happens even before you're married. But once you get married, it amps it up. Um, and so instead of, and it's funny because I talk to my friends that are married about this all the time. They're like, oh my gosh, Laura, you need to remind me. You need to remind me. Yeah, you still need to take care of yourself first and foremost. Mm -hmm. Not less because you're married. First and foremost. And then you will be a sexier, juicier, even more wonderful partner to the person on the outside because you are taking care of yourself on the inside. Mm. So we're actually making our, we're, we're making our experience by going over the, the hurdle of this adventure. We're actually making our experience more, more juicy and yummy. Yes. Yes, absolutely. And, and I, I think What's interesting for me is that, you know, I look at adult people around me, lots of them, and I realize there are some people that are emotionally adults. Like, for whatever reason, they've either studied it or they had really healthy family systems. Mm -hmm. But most people want someone else to take care of their vulnerable child. And let me tell you, when I sit with couples, 
um, mm-hmm. even sometimes families in, in when I'm, when I was sitting, I'm now doing zoom, but when they would sit in my office, I would give a little female doll to, let's say these, this is a heterosexual couple, female mm-hmm. doll to the woman and a male baby doll to the man and mm-hmm. in the partnership. And I'll, I'd say, Hey, so this is your little vulnerable self. These are all your wounds, hopes, and dreams, the stuff that happened in your family system that left you, you know, broken inside, da, 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 da. Okay. So just, you know, hold them. And that people will look at me like awkward. They feel really weird that we're, mm-hmm. you know, I don't talk about anything specific, but I just say, and they look at, and then I say, okay, give it to your partner and they switch it. And I say, okay, so now you're supposed to figure out how to take care of that. And often they'll start laughing because they realize they've done that. They've done that exact thing in their relationship. They're expecting that other person to magically nurse and nurture and take care of that little child, Mm -hmm. that vulnerable self. And the person themselves hardly knows how to do it. How is this other person going to be able to figure out how to take care of that, you know, other beautiful human beings inner vulnerability? They can't. It's not their job. And as a matter of fact, I fire them from that. So how can we start, you know, what's something we can give, give the listeners that they can do to start taking care of their own doll? Good. Love it. Okay. So really simple Two. the, the, be, let me say two things. I mean, we've talked about this in other podcasts, Dan, but one of the first things I say is stop telling other adults what to do. Yeah. And that people are like, well, wait, what if Joe doesn't take out the trash or what if Susie doesn't get a job? You know what, then you watch what they're doing and what they're not doing on their own. And you will see them a little more clearly. Uh You won't have a fantasy of hope. I call it misguided hope to hope that someone else will change. It's none of your business. Your business is how you change and how you are in the world. So stop telling other adults what to do. And that includes those of you that have adult children. Stop Mm -hmm. telling your adult children what to do. Instead, notice what they do on their own and notice the deeper need in you. So, Mm. for example, Joe doesn't take out the trash. Susie feels he doesn't care about me. You know, I've told him that I hate it when the trash smells. Mm. Well, that's a big story that you could take deeper to. Is it really true that he doesn't care or does he just not notice the garbage? And can you take out the garbage? And then sometimes Susie will say, but I do everything. I do everything around here. Okay, well then let's go to that. You feel like you're doing more than you feel able to do. That must feel you know, difficult to that part of you. Didn't you feel unseen as a child? Do you hear what I'm saying? I'm, I'm deepening it. So if you get quiet, you zip your lips, you can go in a little deeper to see what's, what really am I talking about? And when couples do this, both of them, oh my goodness, it's, I, I have many couples that have come in and are just fighting like cats and dogs. And very quickly, when I give them this homework assignment, things settle down and settle in because they start to go inside and mm-hmm. see what is really going on here. Mm. getting quiet enough to um, getting quiet enough to hear your own narrative build a relationship with the parts that you want to keep and to lovingly release the ones that you don't instead of projecting all of that junk onto somebody else 
Yes. And, and, you know, I think another part of being an emotional adult is accepting people as they are. And if they're not acceptable, really, truly, if they're really not acceptable, then you've got another thing to explore. But I think a lot of times people get caught in the garbage or, you know, who's making dinner or whatever, instead of looking at maybe they're feeling disconnected, maybe Mm -hmm. their child is feeling lost and and you know they haven't been paying attention to their child either they haven't been going with their friends or doing art like they used to or exercising or whatever you know and some of this is just simple self-reflection what do i need and the other thing that's related to this is when you find yourself wanting someone on the outside to take care of you or if you feel angry because someone isn't ask yourself instead turn inside see that that person is struggling with whatever they're struggling with or busy with whatever they're doing it's really not about you and ask yourself what can i do for me right now I do that all the time. And it's funny because later my boyfriend and I will often have conversations months after I manage something inside and he never knew. And he'll say, God, you know, I just loved you more when I was on that trip to Thailand and you weren't jealous or angry or anything. And I laughed. (laughs) Oh, little did you know, I was, I had to call my girlfriends. I was worried. I was nervous. And he said, you never said anything. And I said, exactly because you're a beautiful, good man. Mm -hmm. And I knew that you were trustable. It was that I needed to come into myself, find resources to remember to parent me. And I got over it. And he said, Mm -hmm. oh my gosh, that's amazing. So he saw what's happening behind the curtain. He had no idea. What I did was love and support him. Mm -hmm. And what's amazing is, of course, if I had complained when he was in Thailand, what would that have done for his trip? Mm -hmm. And would it have helped me? No, actually what I got was a deeper relationship to myself, Mm -hmm. more security in the relationship. And we're closer because I didn't say anything, actually. So what what do we do when we're caught up in a loop? of you know lashing out or uh, because no you know because it's it's great for us to say you know you know to think you know think about it is it going to help anyone and all this other good stuff what about if you're not resourced to be able to to do that Yeah, and that's that's why, you know, I try to teach this vulnerable living model of how to do this because, yeah, you can't just automatically stop, you know, giving your little vulnerable child to someone unless you're starting to take care of him or her. Mm. And but I think it is a really a really good place to start is just to the to hold the notion if you if you're with me here that each adult person is a hundred percent responsible for their wellness Mm -hmm. well-being and meeting their own deeper emotional needs because the parent that that we didn't get or and the parent that we did get the the internalized parents are what they are the person right now in front of you that partner is not the parent they can't be it's not their job they need to be fired from it and you need to be hired to do it (laughs) fire them right i do a lot of firing and and so if you can just hold that 
that thought, that notion, even if it pisses you off or scares you, hold on to that and just see how you might be that loving, kind parent to yourself. Like maybe a lot of people say, I don't know how to do that. Like my parents didn't teach me. And, you know, just a couple days before they were telling me about how they were super sweet to their child and their child was upset and they listened and they just were there for them and hugged them. I'm like, hello, you know how to do it. You're just giving it to everybody else except yourself. Mm. Turn that love inside, that support, that understanding, that parent inside. Let me just say the qualities that parent has is our presence, Mm -hmm. lovingness. Mm-hmm. Lack of judgment, just just presence and wanting to understand, wanting to hear more. When you start to strengthen that, you're basically reparenting that vulnerable self, giving mm-hmm. her or him everything that you've learned to give to other people because you didn't get it for yourself. Start mm-hmm. giving it to you. Mm-hmm. Turn the love inwards. Turn the love inwards. Yes. And, and start to even fake it till you make it, that mm-hmm. you deserve that same love that you give to everybody else, that that part of you, that innocent part that was so dependent upon others for even coming to understand who he or she was in the world and mm-hmm. all the misguided things that you took on, they start to unravel and you start to feel a lack of loneliness. That's one of the things that will help you know when you're starting to reparent yourself effectively is that this a deep loneliness that I felt all the time, my entire life, my entire life, like I was always looking for something to fill that loneliness hole. When I, when my little inner parent, not little, it's actually a very powerful inner parent, started mm-hmm. to sit with that vulnerable self, I was with my feelings. I wasn't alone with my feelings ever again. Mm-hmm. My panic attacks, my depression, my anxiety, they mm-hmm. evaporated. Because I had a calming internal adult. And that's another thing. Your nervous system will calm down mm. when this parent inside is present. So it's not so much dealing with the lack of resource as to just working on bringing the adult into the room. Y- yes, you bring the, the adult is always in, in my model is always observing a healthy adult in oneself is always observing patterns on the outside and is curious how, you know, self relates to those external patterns. And it also watches the internal pattern. It doesn't connect directly with the child self, but it notices the parent child self and how these patterns are rinse, recycle, repeating on the outside and how they're on the inside. And sometimes the adult will say, hello, parent, you know, you're checked out. Like, you know, where are you? This child needs you. Hmm. The vulnerable self needs your attention. And so the, the adult is like this curious, um, Buddhist monk kind of watching, Mm. not attached, but observing and learning. Mm. Um, and we'll wake up the parent because our parents sometimes fall asleep. Sometimes they get drunk. Sometimes they're checked out. (laughs) Right. I mean, they do all kinds of things that we experienced. And so it's really a weird, awkward feeling to start to wake up the, the inner parent. It can feel really strange. And if it feels strange, good. It should feel strange because you probably haven't been doing it very well. 
Divine God Authoritator, you have um, smacked this one out of the park, I think. And what and what a journey from the initial question into this. <laughs> I love the randomness of these. They just they just end up <laughs> in a special place. I absolutely love it. Um, how can people contact you and perhaps get some support? Um, bringing an awareness to the adult in the room? Well, you know, I love, I love coaching people and supporting people um, one-on-one. I'm going, I'm putting, I'm in the process right now, putting together a weekly group. Um, oh, wow. And I'll, I'll keep you posted on that. But if they go yeah. to my, <laughs> my Facebook group, which is called Vulnerable Living. Okay. Um, yep, my Vulnerable Living on Facebook. It's the only group that I know of that's called that on Facebook. Um, mm-hmm. You can find lots of videos. I give, I'm really generous, much like Dan. I believe in, you know, giving as much as I can, um, being of service to you. And then if you have specific questions, I'm certainly willing to work with you individually. But I'm excited about the group because groups are a powerful place to see that we're not alone and, and to see the beauty of humanity. Most of us, the differences, what we struggle with and the gifts that we have, are, you know, there are a lot of us in the same place. And so it's really beautiful to share that with one another. But um, yeah, those are the two places that I would encourage people to go. Um, I'd love to have you join my Vulnerable Living group. It's been growing and I look forward to having more people there. It's a really, it's becoming a really powerful resource for a lot of people. Uh, That's what they're telling me anyway. I'm I'm not even um, all that much of a social media consumer, but I I always do my best to go in and have a poke around in your group and see what what yummy goodness has been um, what's been posted. So I'm looking forward to having more of the gang joining us there. Laura, 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 Laura. Thank you. Yes, I'm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you for your flexibility. We were supposed to record this on Friday, guys, but there was some hammering and drilling going on next door, so you couldn't do it. Can I can I also say, Dan, that if someone wants to private message me, you know, through my vulnerable living group, go join it. And that if you have some specific questions, mm-hmm. I I willingly answer those. Um, sometimes people even post them in the group, and I'm happy to answer them there as well. I really do. I'm really open to that. This is my work to help people with. It's my calling, and I um, am very open to that. So don't feel like it'd be a problem to do that. I, I would welcome it. Fabulous. Thank you for that. So you heard it here first. Be sure to check out Laura's work, join her Facebook group. Also, be sure to share this podcast episode with someone who you relate to in any way, shape or form. Bring some healthy, loving, juicy yumminess to the relationships all around you. It's been my absolute pleasure to share space with Laura and you today. Remember that you can consciously choose a more abundant, joyful, purpose-driven life. Keep dreaming with your eyes open and that the adult is always in the room. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Duo with Dan with your host, Daniel McGenna. For more great content and to stay up to date, visit dmpotv.com. We'll catch you on the next episode of Do It With Dan. Dan.